Let's turn our Bibles this morning to the book of Exodus. We'll be in Exodus chapter number 9. Exodus chapter number 9. And while you're turning there, let me remind you very quickly, uh, service tonight at 6 o'clock. You don't want to miss the service this evening. Uh, It is going to be uh, an extra blessing to uh, get a report of uh, that ministry, Operation Light. You want to be here for that. Then you want to be here to hear uh, Brother Hamby preach to us as well. And so we look forward to a good service this evening. Uh, Exodus chapter number 9 Uh, Once we start reading our text, I'll begin in verse number 13. You'll recognize uh, that this is the account of God delivering uh, the children of Israel out of the bondage of Egypt. Uh, We'll read of uh, the plagues. Uh, If that uh, uh, refreshes your memory of uh, God using the plagues to uh, harden the heart of Pharaoh and then ultimately deliver uh, his people uh, from Egypt out of that bondage so that they might uh, head towards the promised land. Uh, But there's a truth in the middle of this that I want us to see this morning. And so we'll look at Exodus chapter number 9. We'll begin reading in verse number 13. And the Lord said unto Moses, Rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of the Hebrews, Let my people go, that they may serve me. For I will at this time send all my plagues upon thine heart, and upon thy servants, and upon thy people, that thou mayest know that there is none like me in all the earth. For now I will stretch out my hand, that I may smite thee out of in thy people with pestilence, and thou shalt be cut off from the earth. And in, and in very deed for this cause I have I raised thee up, for to show in thee my power, and that my name may be declared throughout all the earth. As yet exaltest thou thyself against my people, that, that thou wilt not let them go. Behold, tomorrow about this time I will cause it to rain a very grievous hell, such as hath not been in Egypt since the foundation thereof, even until now. Send therefore now, and gather thy cattle, and all that thou hast in the field. For upon every man and beast which shall be found in the field, and shall not be brought home, the hell shall come down upon them, and they shall die. He that feared the word of the Lord among the servants of Pharaoh made his servants and his cattle flee into the houses. Are are we getting the picture here? Uh, God is instructing Moses, said, Moses, you go tell Pharaoh. uh, You go let him know that uh, these things are going to take place and that uh, there is going to come a great hell that is so great that you've never seen anything like it. Uh, This is my judgment. This is my chastisement. This is, this is coming. He even gives the time uh, that it is coming. And this is what he is sending Moses to do. And you got to bear in mind, God has already proven with the same scenario that he means what he says. This is not the first time he has told Moses, go tell Pharaoh that this is going to happen. And it happened. So this scene had been played out before. And God said, there's going to be a great hell that comes and that every man and beast that is caught in it is going to perish. Let's look at verse number 21, our text verse this morning. And he that regarded not the word of the Lord left his servants and his cattle in the field. Think about that for just a moment. God has sent word through Moses This is going to take place. Every man, every beast caught out in the field when the hailstorm comes is going to perish. Yet we look in verse 21, And he that regardeth not the word of the Lord left his servants and his cattle in the field. 
this morning with the message, I just want to ask a question with the message this morning, and it is this. Who are you leaving in the field? Who are you leaving in the field? Father, I pray this morning that the Spirit of God would work, the Spirit of God would move. Father, I pray that we would surrender our our minds, our wills, our hearts to you this morning. May we allow the Spirit of God to speak to us, uh, to convict us where necessary, to challenge us. And Father, I pray this morning, if there's someone in the building who is unsaved, they're lost. If they were to die today, they'd spend an eternity in the devil's hell. Father, I pray that uh, they, would be, uh, they would be convicted this morning and realize their need of a Savior, and it's the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that you'll just use this message to your honor and glory, for it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Here we are on a missions emphasis day, and I love talking about missions. I love uh, talking about missionaries. I love uh, talking about uh, and having a part in reaching the world with the gospel. Often, uh, we'll use the word missions, and I'm certain there are certain people, uh, different people will give different definitions to the word missions. Uh, I like to give the definition uh, according to what the Lord gave the definition, and that is found in Acts chapter number 1 and verse number 8. And that is just simply taking the gospel to the world, preaching the gospel to every creature. Uh, The mission of the church is missions. Uh, A church without that mission is not a church. The mission of the church is missions. The mission of the church is to go uh, into all the world and preach the gospel. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the world. Aren't aren't, aren't you, uh, isn't it like the Lord to just say, just in case you you don't get the idea with Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, let me just throw out the uttermost parts of the world. The whole world, uh, that is the mission of the church, is to reach them with the gospel. We are to be concerned with our neighbors as well as those on the other side of the world. Uh, Are are you saved this morning? Aren't you glad you're saved on your way to heaven? Uh, We're to be concerned about the souls of other men uh, as well. Uh, There are... are Different churches can be categorized in, in, different, in different ways, and I'm going to give three different categories this morning of uh, certain types of churches, and I'll start with one that does nothing locally or, or, or globally around the world to reach the, go- to reach the lost. That just is simply not what they do. It is about some social programs. It is about uh, what they do for themselves. And uh, Scripture would not classify that as a church. They might call themselves a church, but God would not claim ownership of a church that is not about the mission that he set forth. It is a different mission. So there's a, uh, and I'll use that term loosely, it is a kind of church uh, that does nothing to reach others with the gospel. Uh, the second category I'll mention this morning is, is the church that does nothing to very little locally, but yet they are involved in supporting missions and missionaries that go around the world. This is a scenario that you'll find in many places. They're not involved locally of, of reaching people. They're not, there's no effort to reach the lost in their community or their neighborhood. But yet, they support missionaries around the world. And let me just say, I'm thankful that they support uh, missionaries around the world. There's yet a third category that I'll mention this morning. And that is a church that they are very active in local ministry. They may have a bus ministry. They may have a jail ministry. They may have uh, an outreach where they go 
go out and they uh, tell people about the Lord, but yet they are involved in very little to no foreign missions. They just It just does not meet what they set apart uh, to do as far as reaching people. They're involved locally, but they are not involved in supporting missionaries around the world. I would remind all of us this morning that Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8 has mandated and commanded the church to reach those in our communities as well as those around the world. Uh, those that are not involved in all, at all in reaching the lost with the gospel, uh, I've already stated my belief is a scriptural belief that God does not even claim them as a church. Christ is not the head of that church because a church is to be busy about reaching uh, the lost with the gospel. I thank God for all of the missionaries that we are able to support. And I'm just going to let you in on a little secret. There's more that I'd like to support uh, in the future. There's more that I'd like to do as far as uh, reaching the, the, the world with the gospel. But we also have a responsibility to reach our neighbors, to reach our co-workers, uh, to reach those that live across the street, those that we do business with during the week, those that we pass uh, from place to place as we just go about our business during the week. It is God's design, it is God's desire, it is God's heart that we be involved in every aspect of reaching the world with the gospel. If Jesus died for all men, and he did, if Jesus died for all nations, and he did, if he died for all races, and he did, then therefore we need to get the gospel to every creature. I believe it's the heart of God. But wait a minute this morning. Likewise, we can put Christians in very similar categories. There are Christians this morning, they are moved by the pictures of people in foreign countries. They are moved by the great need in the masses of people uh, who, are, who are slaves to a false religion and the thought and the idea of having a part on the other side of the world uh, intrigues them, it interests them, it even motivates them in supporting missions in a foreign manner. Then there are some who, uh, that does not move them that much. It does not interest them much at all. They are only concerned with their local community. They are only concerned with what are we doing here at home. They are only concerned, and they're not that much, they're not interested about a foreign land, and that does not move them. But yet there's a third uh, area that uh, it is sad uh, that there are some Christians that fall into this category. They are giving nothing financially to any kind of missions. They do not participate in any way in reaching people with the gospel. Uh, they're not praying for missionaries. They're not inviting people to church. They're not handing out a gospel tract. They're not praying for laborers. They give no interest and no effort in keeping anybody out of hell. That is a third category of Christians that sadly... We find too many of. Now, if you're this morning, uh, you, you that offering plate passes week after week, and you put a check in there for missions, I thank God that you do that. And I don't want you to stop doing that. I want you to give to missions. But let me remind you this morning that we have a responsibility to reach our co-workers as well. We have a responsibility to reach our communities here as well. And if you happen this morning to fall into the category of those that is interested here at home, I thank God for you. I thank God for what you do in reaching people with the gospel. But this morning, I would urge you the next time the offering plate passes for you to put something in there to go to support foreign missions. There are people all over this world that need the gospel. Now, we need more to go, but those 
others that are willing to go, we got to support them as quickly as possible so they can get there uh, and so they can win souls and, and reach people with the gospel. This morning, if you fall in that third category, when you just do nothing, I would urge you to be cautious and consider the rest of the message. As we go back to our text, to just that little bit of a summary and an analysis, if you will, of the church in this day when it comes to mission, I want to refer us back to the question of our message this morning. Who are you leaving in the field? Well, we praise God that we have missionaries that will go and we might would say, well, Pastor, we're supporting a large number of missionaries and we're starting all of these missions endeavors. That's wonderful. And I want us to give attention to that today, but that's not the question I asked. The question I asked was not, what are we doing? The question I asked is, who are you leaving in the field? Maybe you're concerned this morning with your neighbors and your coworkers as you should be. But it's been a long time, or perhaps never at all, since you've had even a care or a concern about those on the other side of the world, those that are out of sight, those that you'll never uh, cross paths with. I would be quick to ask you this morning, who are you leaving in the field? Too many Christians are just concerned with their own soul, and we rejoice this morning at salvation. Aren't we glad that we're saved? Aren't we glad that we're on our way to heaven and we don't have to worry about spending a moment in that horrible place called hell? And if you're not saved this morning, you need to trust Christ today. You need to deal with the matter of your eternal soul today. But friend, far too many Christians rejoice in their own salvation, but yet they're leaving people out in the field. This morning in the context of our text, I want to give us a very quick outline of why I believe people are left out in the field. Let me read our text verse to you again. And he that regardeth not the word of the Lord left his servants and his cattle in the field. I believe we are leaving people in the field because of a lack of concern, first of all. Look with me again in verse 19. Send therefore now and gather thy cattle and all that thou hast in the field... For upon every man and beast which shall be found in the field and shall not be brought home, the hell shall come down upon them and they shall die. Notice what the scripture says, for upon every man and beast. I'm afraid too many Christians just have a lack of concern that every man that is left in the field is going to face the judgment of God. And we rejoice in the fact that we are in our house and our family is in our house, but where's the concern for the individual who is still left out in the field? And the scripture tells us that every man who is left in the field faced the judgment, dealt with, was dealt with by God, and perished under the hell that was sent. We have a lack of concern in our churches today. We have a lack of concern in our Christians today. The fact that men who die without Christ die and go to a literal place called hell. Perhaps you're here this morning and you're not for certain you're on your way to heaven. I'm here to tell you this morning as the mouthpiece of God without complete and total dependence on the Lord Jesus Christ and His finished work on Calvary, you'll never see heaven. You'll never spend a moment in that wonderful 
wonderful place called heaven. But yet the eternity that waits for you is that horrible place called hell. Maybe you say this morning, Pastor, I, I think we need a more positive message. We've got too much positive preaching, on, and like there is no place called hell. And friend, we need to be, be concerned today of those that are left out in the field. We need to be concerned today that there are people dying and going to hell. And while we don't give to missions, there's still people left in the field. While we don't invite people to church, there's still people left in the field. While we don't personally be a witness, there's people left in the field. Too many Christians are just concerned with what they, what the church can do for them, uh, what, what the Bible does for them. And friend, you get in the Word of God, you obey the Word of God, you're going to get blessed by God. Obedience gives blessing. But part of the obedience of God is to go out in the field and get your servant inside. Go out in the field and tell those you better get inside because judgment is coming. Why are we leaving people in the field? Because there's a lack of concern that every man who is left behind faces the judgment of God. Number two, we move quickly. We find a lack of urgency. Look at me again at verse number 18. Behold, tomorrow about this time, I will cause it to rain a very grievous hell. God, are you with me this morning? In his instruction to Moses, says, Moses, you tell them this is what I'm going to do. And in verse number 18, he even tells them when he's going to do it. He says, tomorrow about this time is when the hell is going to fall. God has been very plain and very clear in Scripture that no man can boast of tomorrow. Scripture is very clear in the fact that we are told that at any moment the trump could sound. Do you realize before we say the closing amen today, that trump of God could sound in those that are saved, we could be caught up out of here. Today could be the day we join our Savior in the clouds. We do realize the Bible teaches that and is very plain and clear about that. It could happen today. Then why is there no urgency to tell the lost that they need a Savior? Why is there no urgency uh, to tell those that would die in their sins about Christ? Why is there no urgency, friend, to tell your loved one how they need salvation? Why is there no urgency to share the gospel with a neighbor, a co-worker? If Christ has told us, if God has told us, not only am I going to do this, but you've only got a short amount of time to make ready for me to do it. There's a lack of urgency in telling of others. God was so clear and so plain in his instructions to Pharaoh that he not only told him what he was going to do, he told him when he was going to do it. Told him, you've got a certain amount of time. I wonder if there was someone in that day that said, well, that's tomorrow. I've got plenty of time. I've got plenty of time to get them in from the field. You know, the the sun is still high in the sky today. I'll I'll sleep on it tonight, and there'll be an opportunity tomorrow. I wonder how many say, well, I'll get around to it. And and I wonder how many slept that night, and they got up, and they said, oh, nothing seems to have been changed. I wonder if, if that old man Moses really knew what he was talking about. Now bear in mind, God had already sent Moses several times. And Moses has already said, 
God said he's going to do this, and guess what happened? God did it. But yet, I still would submit to you this morning, there were some who did not realize the urgency because our text tells us those that regarded not the word of the Lord, they left them there. They were still there, and there was an urgency. Friend, do we really believe that Christ could come today? Then why are we leaving people in the field? Do we really believe that life is but a vapor and no man is, is guaranteed tomorrow? Then why are we leaving people in the field? Why have we not shared the gospel with our neighbors, our co-workers, our family members? There ought to be a sense of urgency about us that says the time is short. Uh, the, the, time, the time is at hand. We don't have any time to waste because God has already said that judgment is going to come and those that are not prepared will perish. I believe no matter what society teaches, I believe no matter what compromise uh, propagates, that there is a heaven, there is a hell, and those are the only two places that man will spend in eternity. And the only way to escape hell is by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter how religious you are. It doesn't matter if you even believe this book. It is going to happen. God has spoken. Man will spend eternity in one of those two places. I believe it as sure as I'm standing here that, that, that man will spend eternity in one of those two places. I believe the time is at hand. I believe Christ's return is imminent. Well, we like to talk about that today, don't we? In light of what's going on in this world. Too many Christians are talking about, oh, he's coming soon. That doesn't mobilize us. That does, that's not creating a sense of urgency in us. We believe Christ is coming. We believe this world is getting worse and worse. You would think that would send us to our knees more to say, Lord, would you send more laborers into this world so that they might win more people? Would you, would you give us a little more time? Would you call some more preachers? Would you give me one more opportunity to witness to this individual? Why are they out in the field? Because there's a lack of urgency. Thirdly, we see this morning there's a lack of fear. You would think with what God has already said through Moses and then exactly what Moses said God would do, God did. One would think that the moment the words left the mouth of Moses that there would be a scramble into the fields to gather the servants into the house. There'd be no waiting. You, you, how, 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 knowing what God is going to do, how could any be left? I'll tell you, because there was no fear. It's amazing to me how little we fear and tremble at the Word of God. Friend, this morning, if you've got a loved one who is lost, uh, you, 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 I want to ask you this morning, when's the last time uh, that you couldn't sleep because of a fear that something was going to happen to them, and if they died without Christ, they're going to go to an everlasting, eternal hell? We just look at the Word of God flippantly so many times, there's no fear. We ought to fear and tremble at the Word of God. 
This morning, friend, if you're here and you're not for certain you're on your way to heaven, you should be afraid. You should have some fear. You ought to be saying to yourself, Preacher, hurry up and get to the invitation so that I can get saved in case my heart starts be- stops beating before I can get to that altar. Because, friend, when God says it, it is appointed unto man once to die and after that the judgment, He is serious about that. And there is a heaven, there is a hell, and you must receive Christ if you're not saved this morning, you ought to be a little uncomfortable. You ought to be a little uh, nervous this morning. What can I do about that? And that's called conviction. But there ought to be a little bit of fear with that. And Christian, this morning, can I just be very plain in preaching to us this morning? It ought to, it ought, we ought to have some trembling and we ought to, we ought to approach this subject of, of reaching the lost with some fear. What is going to happen if we don't get to them? What is going to happen if we don't get more missionaries supported? What is going to happen if we don't witness to our neighbors, our co-workers, one more time, there ought to be something that grips our heart, a little bit of fear and trembling, at the word of God. The lack of fear. Well, I don't know that God really means what he says. You'll find that out too late. And by the way, there are no atheists at the great white throne of judgment. There are no God deniers. Many who heard the Spirit of God speak to them in a church service just like this and said, you must be born again, you must be born again, and dismissed the voice of God. There'll be no mistake in the voice of a righteous God that says, depart, for I never knew you. There ought to be a Fear and trembling this morning at the thought that there's somebody we know that's still in the field. Somebody we know that when the judgment of God comes, they'll not be spared. Well, we come to church too often and we come just to get what we can out of it for ourselves, never thinking of who is in the field. And there ought to be a little more fear and trembling when it comes to this thought and this subject. I move to number four, and finally, our text verse again, verse number 21. He that regardeth not the word of the Lord left his servants and his cattle in the field thought of somebody being left in the field facing the wrath of God is troubling enough as we read this verse. Are you with me this morning? There's something in this verse that is a little more troubling, just the thought of somebody being left behind, somebody facing the judgment of God. I wonder if you see it there. He that regardeth not the word of the Lord left his servants. And his cattle in the field. Scripture does not say those that did not regard the word of the Lord stayed in the field. This is not speaking of the servants. It is speaking of those who had a servant, had someone who was their responsibility, and they disregarded the word of the Lord and left them in the field. Friend, there's a 
lack of regard, a lack of consequences when it comes to the responsibility that we have. I rejoice this morning in my salvation. I rejoice this morning in the salvation of my family. Friend, too many times we as Christians, we as the church, we say, oh, aren't we glad that we're saved? Aren't we glad that we never have to spend a moment in that horrible place called hell? Aren't we glad that for all of eternity we'll rejoice and sing praises unto our Savior? We'll have those glorified bodies and we'll know no sickness, we'll know no pain. All the things we rejoice in, all the things we celebrate in our salvation. But friend, this morning, just for a moment, let me ask you the question. Have you disregarded the word of the Lord? Do you have a servant still in the field? Is there a co-worker that you should be giving the gospel to? Is there a neighbor that you should be giving the gospel to? Or God help or God forbid that we have a loved one who does not have the gospel, who've never trusted Christ. Oh, but I know the excuses that we use. Oh, I don't want to cause dissension in the family. Friend, uh, you better get the get your servant out of the field because the hailstorm is coming and God is not going to spare anyone who is left there because He has been giving us the command to go get them out of the field. Judgment is coming. Wrath is coming. They can be spared. They've just got to be brought out of the field. And we have a world in front of us today that the day is coming when the last person will have the opportunity to trust Christ. The last one will have the opportunity to repent. And the wrath of God is going to come. It is our responsibility to see the urgency in that and, and hear the word of God and go get them out of the field. Let me tell you why most churches don't get involved in missions. They disregard the word of God. Let me tell you why most Christians don't witness to their friends, their loved ones, their neighbors. They disregard the word of God. It's one thing for you to go to the field and say, God's going to send hell about this time tomorrow. Would you come with me? And for them to say, no, I don't want to go. That's their decision. But how unfair... How cruel to be standing on the porch of your home, looking out in the field when that hail starts falling. Can you imagine what it would be like to be that servant? How come nobody came out here and told me? Once it starts falling, it's too late. Friend, the fields are white under harvest. God has spoken. He said the day is coming when no man can work. Oh, but we're content in our security. We're content in our salvation. We're content in what God has done in our life and Yet there are servants still out in the field, those that need to be given the gospel, and it is our command to do it. Don't miss it. And he that regarded not the word of the Lord left his servants. Said, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna save myself. I'm gonna save my loved ones, but you are on your own to face the wrath of God. Too many churches have the same attitude. Too many Christians have the same attitude. I'm saved. My family's saved. I'm not worried about anybody else. I'm not worried about what, what, what needs to be done with them. And they leave them 
in the field because of a lack of regard or concern of the consequences. Verse 19, Send therefore now and gather thy cattle and all that thou hast in the field. For upon every man and beast which shall be found in the field and shall not be brought home, the hell shall come down upon them and they shall die. You tie that with verse 21, and he that regarded not the word of the Lord left his servants. How cruel to leave somebody in the field to die. How cruel. How heartless. Was there anything crueler than having the gospel? Having the ability of letting an eternal soul perish. Friend, this morning I'll conclude with asking the question once again. Who are you leaving in the field? In our churches, in our Christian movement, if you will, it's I believe it's time to quit talking in generalities. Be a little more personal. Pastor, I, I believe that we have a world dying without Christ. Okay, I, we can agree on that. Who are you leaving in the field? Well, I'm glad I got a pastor that believes there's a heaven and believes there's a hell and believes that there's only one way to heaven, only one way to be forgiven our sins, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. It's wonderful that we can all sign the date, the same doctrinal statement, but who are you leaving in the field? Which loved one have you not given the gospel to? Which neighbor have you never shared Christ with? Which co-worker has asked you about church and asked you about spiritual things, but yet you've never given them the gospel? They're out in the field. Let me, let me just broaden this a little bit. There are some who are going to be unfaithful and leave their servant in the field. Don't pass by somebody else's servant who's left out in the field. Say, well, that's not my responsibility, and that hasn't been given to me. No, friend, the hell is going to start falling. How cruel would it be to see anybody left in the field and not go and warn them and say, you've got to get out. You've got to get home. You've got to get to some shelter and some safety because the judgment of God is going to fall. I guess I could say it like this. Anybody out there, we need to go get and bring to the house. Bring out of the field so they won't face the judgment of God. You just don't think it's important for you to give to missions. Let me ask you the question again. Who are you leaving in the field? I don't know what it's going to be like. God gives us a glimpse, but I don't know what it's going to be like. when we all stand before God. I wonder if we'll have any kind of an understanding of what my weekly giving to missions would have resulted to. In somebody's soul. That's not my responsibility, Pastor. Who are you leaving in the field? Well, I just don't know that committing to this kind of a church and the pressure that is put on us, friend, the fact that God has said the time is coming 
and, and, and you can't work anymore, the time is coming when you'll not have another opportunity, that, that, that's a pressure that a pastor cannot put on you. That's a pressure that ought to, that is set on our shoulders every single day that there's somebody I'm going to cross paths with today I may never cross paths with again. And am I going to leave them in that field out there? Am I going to leave them to face the consequences of God's wrath all to themselves? Or am I going to do something? Am I going to regard the word of the Lord and get them in? Who are you leaving in the field? Well, Pastor, that's just not one of my gifts. They don't take a gift to go grab somebody by the shoulder and say, you better get to the house because the judgment of God is coming. But it does take concern. It does take believing that what God has said, God is going to do. Who are you leaving in the field? This morning, if you're not for certain, you're on your way to heaven. If I can use the analogy of our text this morning. You're standing out in the field. God has said, I'm going to send a hell storm like this world has never seen. And anyone caught out in it will perish. So many places in Scripture I could take you this morning... God has said, you must be born again. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. There's one way to heaven. There's one way for forgiveness. Don't be caught out in the field. How foolish for somebody to leave their own safety and how foolish for somebody to say, I'm going to go try and get that individual. And for you to say, uh, well, I, 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 I don't want that and, 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 and stay away. And that's not what I believe, friend. I, I promise you this, the day is coming when you'll believe everything. Everything this preacher has said this morning. The day is coming when you'll regret not responding. But it'll be too late then. Friend, this morning, every Christian, every Christian, ought to be affected by this thought this morning. Danger of a church like ours is for decades we've been winning people to Christ. But Pastor, we've added dozens of missionaries. Praise God. But let's not spend so much time rejoicing about those who are in the house, although we should rejoice about that. Let's take our focus off of that just for a moment and look at the one that's still left out there. What are we doing? Friend, let the words of our text this morning, those that disregarded the word of the Lord, left.